This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello, I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. Welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. Hello, Ryan. What's going on, Steve? Hey. Good to be with you. It is good to be. Always fun to talk. Uh, so we were just uh, actually brainstorming on a, the topic that we want to talk about in this uh, particular episode, and we decided this would flow pretty easily. A small commercial. Small commercial. What do, What do you do with it? And I mean, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that as I've been visiting a multitude of agencies in my new role, it always comes up, right? And, and the plethora of ways that folks are solving that challenge. And I think when, when, I, when I delineate different business units, I, I try to... Do Is it a volume play or a value play? Can you actually provide value at profit to that profitable value to that segment of business? Or do you have to scale your operations effectively and efficiently in a volume kind of way? And I think that depending on the agency, depending on what their what their main bread and butter are, that's where that core question comes into. Right. Is is have they inherited a bunch of this business or is it something that they've taken and said yes we're gonna we're gonna leverage these four different things to make it scale to make it effective to make it efficient and and it's a challenge it, it is a challenge and I would say I cannot think right now of an example of a, a agents or broker of any size that doesn't have small commercial in the oh. book I, and I don't care what they say right you know oh we don't we don't write small commercial it creeps in. Mm-hmm. It's a producer's friend. It's you know somebody at at the uh, account managers. Well, there's so, knows somebody. There. I mean, every big company out there was a small company at some time. Yes, right. And so a lot of the a lot of times we bring on small commercial as a promise to get a mid market and large commercial or a client. Yeah, and 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 I might ask is is that a, a reasonable strategy? Uh, I, because <laughs> again, I know I know many examples. In talking with various agencies where a small commercial did grow and outgrew the agency, mm-hmm. or at least in their mind, the, the client's mind, outgrew the capability uh, of the agency. In fact, there's a friend of mine uh, here uh, in Tennessee that has a large, you know, s- small business, has grown substantially, and I knew the agent that handled his stuff. It's in uh, southern Tennessee. 
and um, ran into that agent in a meeting somewhere and said, are you still working with so-and-so? And he said, no, they went with a large broker. Right. who had a specialty in his particular line or type of business. So, so their messaging was better, though. The other ag- agencies' messaging Messaging could be better, or they had better access to markets, or they had, right, all of those factors. So absolutely, can you grow small into large? Or is your strategy, we only do mid-market and large commercial, and when they get to that point, they will become on our radar so my my pushback or question is, is that a strategy to build small and be there for them when they grow big? I, I don't if, if you're if you're sitting around a boardroom table trying to have the conversation of why do we entertain small business? I think growing small business into large is not the compelling argument to because maybe one out of 20 accounts. Maybe will do that. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I think it depends on the agency. You know, if you're a seven million dollar firm with a large, small commercial book, that's a very different story than if you're a twenty or thirty million dollar shop, that where small commercial represents a, a fraction of your revenue. Yeah, and I think that's where I always try and be careful because for a large number of agencies, small commercial is their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. That I mean. They're a million-dollar shop. They're maybe two million, maybe smaller. And, you know, Main Street, and and that's where they focus their effort and and time, and appropriately so. But there's more encroachment in that space. I mean, it's, you know, at some point in time, we had very similar conversations to core personal lines. Correct. And now, very few agencies are using core personal lines as a primary revenue driver. Mm -hmm. It's something that they do, but... If they, if we don't figure the small commercial play, uh, other people will, and they are. I mean, that's where all of these uh, companies that are trying to put a wedge between it with the brokers are starting. Right? It's in the personal line space and the small commercial space because mm-hmm. they're creating platforms that will deliver value to that segment of business that we may not be able to if we don't have the operational chops to do so. Yeah, and I think I think there's I, I believe really strongly that there's great opportunity, but we can't in small commercial again. What do we call it? Small commercial select, you know, right. different revenue. Names. So so define that real quick. So in, I, in the agencies that I've been in, there's typically a revenue threshold, and and in my travels, I've seen that revenue threshold be a thousand dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. In uh, some of the agencies I've worked with, that's been 5000 Correct. And so when we talk about small commercial, I think we're really talking about whatever delineation your organization has created to segment out that uh, business that fits underneath that revenue requirement. Uh, yeah. And, and I've... I've had organizations that I've talked to that it's twenty five thousand and under is quote small. And, and, and actually, again, that's why it's hard. To on the talk. benefit side, you see that fifteen thousand revenue a lot of times will be right. a small benefit. Small. Oh yeah. Right. You know, you know fifteen thousand. Gosh, that would be that could be five lives, right? And so the it, strategy that you have to have though to manage because okay, in a small commercial book, you may have five thousand clients that that represents maybe 15 percent of your revenue, maybe a little bit more. Versus the eighty or ninety large commercial clients that m- might drive a larger portion, but those two challenges are so significantly different to be able to handle that business that it ha- you have to have conversations about it. I think. Yeah, I do too. And again, that's where it's it's really being intentional, and right. not just kind of letting it sit over there. Because when you let it sit over there. It's not going to be a revenue generator. You're going to be losing money just because of 
Because you spent handle. 12 hours trying to write a piece of business on a coastal <clears throat> property in Florida, and you're a Nebraska agent. Right. Or, you know, for a, for a And small you have to company. learn everything there is to know. The, the, and the problem is a lot of account managers are so conscientious, mm-hmm. they won't go, you know what, this is not worth the time. Well, they don't want to tick somebody off. I, I right. think it's the challenge is, like you said, a producer or a principal comes in and they say, hey, or even more, a client has a friend that has a small company that wants to write that. Yep. So I think it's up to the operations to provide mechanisms to offload that, to still facilitate that. But to say, look, there is a if it's going to take you X amount of time, there's a profit margin that we have to maintain in this. And I don't see that discipline because what we're talking about is having a highly disciplined target client profile. And that is something that so many agencies do not have uh, uh, very, don't have just hammered out very well. And so I want, and I want to bring up this topic, and I think actually we could set it more in depth for a, a separate episode. But one of the things that I'm pretty convinced of in this area of small commercial, again, lots of different definitions for what might fit there, but I think niching down into certain areas is a key idea of how to make this a profitable component of the agency revenue and not be everything to everybody. That's, you know. that's absolutely, I, I could not agree more. And I think that the agencies that will thrive in the next 10 years are though, and it's not because of the niche. It's not because you have a volume of business. It's because you have a volume of business, you staff expertise. So when a social services or a nonprofit account calls you, your account manager already has an awareness of the four problems that that nonprofit might have, and they can bang that out. I was with an agency last week, another one, that had a very large residential book that they ran with like four people, but it was like a seven or eight million revenue book with four people. Well, think about that. Right. Seven or eight million revenue with four people operationally, that's profitable. Very. Right. But it's and it's hyper niche. But it's hyper niche. Because they do that all the time. So they have the relationships with the carriers. They've created programs because they know the questions to ask. They know the answers they are likely going to get. They know where to place it. They know how to get the 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 quote. And so small commercial is just another niche. Yeah. Right. And so just like any niche that you would have in your organization, You've got to figure out why Why do you have that? I mean, don't call it a niche because you've got a $3 million worth of business in it. It's only a niche if you're doing special things, stacking expertise. So if you have small business experts in there, if you have tightly defined – because in a niche, you would have tightly defined kind of targets to say, hey, this fits in this niche. Um, but there's also small commercial. You have a lot of different options. I think the first option is just like you said, it's there. We service it. And we, we, we move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that just sprawls on you. Right. And, and again, that's where stuff creeps in. And you have a book bigger than you, you, you recognize have a, or realize. You a $2 million book with nine people on it or something. <clears throat> right. You know, yeah. that, that ultimately you're constantly asking yourself, is this the right thing? Right. And I believe there's huge opportunity if you can think about it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, the carriers want it. It's a very profitable book of business, typically for the carriers. It typically stays longer as a business. You know, those small businesses don't typically jump around, certainly not like larger commercial, where they're always bidding, they're always out there, as long as you can keep a bit of that relationship. So there is incentive to go out and, and, and get it. It's just, from my view, the acquisition cost on the agency side is so high, it's hard to make money. And I, and I think that's 
to me, the real crux of solving the profitability issue with this class or type of business. Right. And for me, the issue is getting a quote. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, because if we just took our 5,000 clients and you had an, and you're trying to grow that book just on a client count by 10%, 20%, I mean, that's 500 to 1,000 clients that you're trying to bring on. And you're not just going to go to one place and quote it. You're you gonna, don't. And everybody's trying to, I mean, if you don't know, every company out there is trying to solve the small business quoting problem. Mm -hmm. I want to go enter my stuff one time. I want to get five quotes back from multiple carriers. I want to be able to give those to the client. It's not there by any means. I think there are some interesting creative ways that you can do some things around that. But that's what everybody's trying to solve today. Because if you talk to your staff, one of the soul-sucking tasks that they will absolutely bring up is... I've got to take the same piece of data to six carrier portals. Right. And and actually the reality is they're not going to take it to six. Right, right. Yeah. They're they're going to the three, maybe, that they know the best. Yeah. Maybe not even the best coverage, maybe not even the best pricing, but they know the system or the carrier has done a better job of removing friction out of that uh, process, ability sure. process to, to get. And, and I would say, you know, lots of discussion in the industry for a long time that small commercial is going the way of personal lines. It's commoditizing. It's, you know, those kinds of things. I think there's some truth to that. I think your comment about trying to solve the quoting issue, I am seeing more and more potential solutions out there, but they're coming from outside the normal agent broker channel. Right. They're coming from some of those startups. Absolutely. Um, and they are creating their own platform that allows them, the online small commercial vendors are creating the platforms that is a comparative quote mm -hmm. for the, the business owner that allows them then to quote, Go direct. Bind issue. Yeah. And go direct. And then and then they <clears throat> may, may get more capabilities. I mean, when you think about the value volume kind of issue, you know, on a volume play, how many minutes can you touch an account that drives five hundred to seven hundred dollars worth of revenue for you? You you can't spend too much time with you it. cannot. And not even considering the certs and the right. changes and the you know, everything else that will come along during that year life cycle of that particular policy. Because that's always my question. Like why would a small business choose X agency to go to over one of the other one a direct writer that might have some specific technologies that make that experience fric more frictionless? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have an online portal with all their documents in it, and maybe the agency can't do that profitably. You know, you got to figure out those are the questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, why why would that client come to you? Other than having his friend, because if it's his friend, if, if it's just a relationship game, you're trying to take your large risk management account strategy and sales and apply that to small commercial. And it's never going to work. It's never going to work. Yeah. And, and you have to streamline. You have to create. Uh, and I this I have to go to uh, Amazon. I mean, a Amazon has ranked, I th and I, I won't get the probably the number of years right, but at least in the last five or six years, as the number one best customer service platform seller on you know national surveys. Why do they do that? Because they create self-service portals and they create automation to make the servicing not even necessary. Right. Their question, every time somebody calls service, quote, I'm putting in a quote at Amazon, 
they're looking at why what failed that required them to call, that they couldn't fix it themselves. Right. We don't have that mindset. Our thought of customer service is, oh, they have to call us. Right. That's we our have value. to do it. That's our value. That's our value. Yeah. And Especially in that segment <clears throat> of client, I think, because the offering that when you ask yourself, if you're in, if you're in the agency space today and you say, why would a small business come to us? What are the things that, that are that are going to drive that message and keep them with you over time? And I think that's a hard question for most agencies to answer. It is. And when you go, you know, your, your example of a portal, right, where they can go get documents or, um, you know, other information. And I'm again, I haven't don't have the number in front of me, but the number I remember is only in the latest agency survey, 23 percent of agencies have a client portal. Well, and you. it's available. Now, again, you could argue whether it's cost effective, right. but the the pushback I hear all the time, my clients don't want that. Right. Which and is and not, again, the message, <clears throat> it's about the messaging. I, I don't understand that. the messaging because everything else that client does is self-service right. through a portal. So if you can educate that client on the benefits of that because you know your value is not tied to answering those rote questions – and you can now uh, use your expertise to help that client understand because now you have the time, that's where the value could be. Because mm-hmm. I tell you what scared the hell out of me was Cover Wallet. You know, Cover Wallet is a startup out of New York. They have a very, very sexy application process and they are trying to replace the broker, mm-hmm. right? For, for small commercial. Well, he- here's how I would say it maybe they're trying to replace the broker. But I would argue the broker's not going after the online business. Right. So they're going after a, a business that we ignore. Right. More, we don't want. But more and more companies that's, are turning into that, though, right? They are. That's, I, I believe that's our fault. Absolutely. Not their fault. No, no, no. They're, I, they're providing a service to an identifiable group of people who want to go online and do the process. And agents and brokers said they're trying to replace us. Well, no, they're not because we're not even there to be replaced. Right. Well, when you look at that process and you go through the, their quoting process, they start to give you data back on your business about or that small business about what coverages you should have. Well, you know, why? What's this <clears throat> thing called? All these little educational components. So they've figured out a scalable model to provide value over volume. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is what we need to be thinking about. And so if you're not a familiar with that product, it's, um, it's this is not an endorsement. This is a be aware that this is the kind of competition that you're going to be facing for that segment of business. And if we're not in that game, then it might be best for you to figure out how to get out of that game. You right. Know? And, and I think that's sort of my point. And and I believe with the small commercial area is if you're not actively looking at how to be online to attract that business owner, then I think you're behind the curve. And then if you're not scaling that internally efficiently, I mean, if you're today, there are more options, just like we'd indicated in another in another podcast, Transact Now. Transact Now is a highly used tool inside of small commercial. Yeah. Right. So Transact Now, uh, Vertifor. Mm-hmm within the management system allows a account manager to go out to a carrier, get a policy, get a billing, you know, status, getting a, a, a number of quick without logging in pieces of information right. for those on applied systems and a couple other vendor systems transact now, excuse me, uh, transformation station right. is, you know, applied version of that real time information. And again, setting that up and using the tools that are available are so to, its fullest extent are critical to make this profitable. Especially in this in this segment of business. I mean, that 
and then having some kind of service center strategy. And if that is carrier-based service centers or if that is, you know, one of the outsourcing uh, service center models, having the discussion about why are we not using this? And a lot of times I hear this, well, we, we don't want to lose touch of our, of our customers. <laughs> well, you better have a value proposition that resonates with the customers more than them having to call and, and deal with you. Yeah, and, and my pushback on that, and I get sort of in the agency owner's face when I hear that comment, I ask, so I'm sorry, does a contract say that you can't touch the customer? Right. If they go to the service center, that's your fault. It's not the service center's fault. If you lose touch with the customer, you're not touching the customer. Right. Do you have good SIC codes in your system so you can automatically present information on a biannual basis about the insurance <clears throat> risks that they may have? I mean, you're going to generate touch points. And it's something that Steve and I have talked about in the past about customer experience. Because ultimately, with these small commercial groups, you're going to have to define what that customer experience is for you or it will be a losing battle. The other thing I think is that having discipline to say no to certain things that might not fit your model from a business perspective. Well, and see, I, I go, you know, you commented earlier about getting, you know, quotes from six different carriers. I would argue for this class of business, you need to pick two, three, maybe four. Those are your carriers. If you lose it because of price, okay. And there's so many it, options today. There's I mean, so you have insure tech companies that will <clears throat> help you because, okay, a producer comes in. They give you a uh, they give you some business that you know it's going to take you eight hours to quote on. You're going to drive five hundred dollars worth of revenue. So the account manager automatically knows that this is a wasted effort. It's not helping the business at all, but they're still going to do it because they don't want to irritate the producer. Well, there's tools today that you can bring in that will help provide a good customer experience to that client, satiate the need of the producer, and offload that thing rapidly and give you a little bit of money back. But you, you've got to be aware of this. You've got to be aware of it, yeah. So let's let's just briefly run through the acquisition, what I call the acquisition part, which is the quoting, mm -hmm. right? And I would say quoting and then bind issue. Mm -hmm. So options for quoting. Um, certainly the account manager, which I think probably is the worst option. I agree. <clears throat> yeah, the account manager, and that's what you typically see. I think, I think in most you see that. In some agencies that I've seen is, you know, we would get data back from the client we would then give that to an outsourced partner that would go to the carrier portals. They would fill that out, and then in the morning, the, they, you'd come in and you'd have your quotes prepared. I thought that was a pretty good meshup of, of using outsourcing and allowing your account manager to focus on what carriers do I want to place this with right. other than entering that data. Right. And that scales more effectively. Yeah. I, I think it's important to note that you know, the outsourcing can do the quoting. They can do the data entry for you. And for many of them, th one of the advantages is overnight service. So they're working overnight. You can get the quote back right. with the comparison and have everything that you need as an account manager Speed. to do something else. And you're not doing it. Right. And so it's a more cost-effective way to get that quote. And then Whatever the client decides, yes, they want to go ahead, you go in then as the account manager to the company portal, finalize the details, and then click to issue. That's right. Right, to bind That's and, right. and yeah. issue. They're not, and they're... then download comes back to populate the management yep. system. And But it's thinking through that whole – it's thinking through that whole life cycle of what is happening and what are all the touch points that we can automate. Right. Either with other people – or with internal processes. And I think that's where I'm actually really following some of these insure tech startups mm -hmm. um, because I think two things. One is 
they're spending the effort and they've got some dollars to figure out the quoting piece. And two, I think, I suspect they're realizing that the relationship still is really important and they don't have that. Right. So I'm looking and kind of watching to see, okay, could they create a platform that a broker could use? You know, what are the costs? What are, you know, et cetera. How is that going to work? But it allows an agency to be into an area where they're not in at all right now. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a different mindset on the agency side of, okay, this all, all this stuff coming through the internet, is that good business or not? But I think we've got to think through and test and experiment to see what works best. Well, it's like you have two, the two core problems. You have your acquisition problem. How do I get this business to quote it, right? What's my cost there? What's my strategy there? And then my service strategy. How do I service this business effectively? You know, if I'm growing this thing at 10, 12%, which would be awesome, I need to be able to grow that without having to increase headcount every time I grow that Correct. thing. And so what are the <clears throat> strategies that we're discussing to be able to use those and leverage that? And, and so those are the questions that if I'm an operations team and I know that I have a small commercial book um, that might not be running as smoothly as I want, that's what I have to look at. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, even right now, go and look at all the transactions for that book. What are the most common transactions? And then start thinking about how can I automate, how can I reduce, how can I eliminate, or how can I outsource mm-hmm. the, those activities so that I get I, I move that to the least expensive way to get those things done. And some of that might be send it back to the uh, policyholder, yeah. right, uh, through a portal. And, and then what are the reasons why they're not doing it? And can we do something there to educate, train, et cetera? So it's really process thinking it is. and taking all the things we think we do for value and really examining what are they. Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I think about the story you tell that that employee that, that is passionate about their job and they want the company to be successful and you have a, a mandate that says you quote whatever is brought to you. What does that tell that employee? You know, how does that employee look at the company and say, yes, I can I can help drive our success here when they spend six or seven hours trying to quote something that is just not really in your in your bucket. And they know that the cost of just the quoting of it is going to cost them more than they'll ever receive on first year. Well, and then, okay, so we're not going to quote that account, but we have at least a a beginning relationship. Okay, organizationally, hey, can we think about who to send that? lead to who could quote it, has the process, wants to quote it, that we can share a little bit of revenue. So now we're not just throwing the lead away for however it came to us, but now we are maximizing the potential revenue, even though we aren't going to write that business ourselves. Well, I think there's one other component that we haven't talked about at all is producer pay on Mm. select accounts, on small commercial. Because your profitability will be directly correlated to your strategy on producer compensation around that. And I've seen a multitude of ways to be handled. You know, the the one that I think I feel the most comfortable with is 25, 20% first year and nothing reoccurring. But I feel like a lot of organizations today still pay the reoccurring revenue well, then you're incentivizing the wrong behavior for producers because a lot of times organization, an agency will bring in a producer, a new producer, and have them cut their teeth on small commercial, mm-hmm. right? Which for, for a training opportunity might be a it's all, great whatever. way to do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think for an account manager even, it's a good place to be because the velocity and the volume that they're having to deal with kind of helps them understand different nuances. 
But I think if you're not having discussions annually about your compensation plans with your small commercial, that then it's hard to have a profitability conversation, a scalability conversation around that. You yeah. know? And I, cause I think that is a solve that problem first, solve your, your, your acquisition and your service scale. And then small commercial doesn't, it, it that it doesn't taste bad. It, you're going to have a much better feeling about it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think small commercial is changing a lot uh, and is going to continue to change. Certainly online is going to be more of a factor. Uh, I, I feel like that's a foregone conclusion. You may not believe that. Um, and certainly you can ask questions about that. But uh, really internal profitability and streamlining how you handle both the acquisition and the ongoing servicing of this type of business is going to be key to your success uh, as an organization to, you know, write, manage, and also grow. Yeah, there's so – if you can get your scale working out, then you can really figure out how to start acquiring those that those businesses as you talk about your value proposition to those, which might be convenience or expertise and specific niches in small commercial. But until you get that scale figured out, I think it's a hard thing to, to, to really ramp up your, your acquisition stuff. Yeah. And I would say just kind of as a last thought just came to mind, you know, talk to your carriers. I would say most of them want to grow small commercial. They see that as a profitable opportunity. Talk to them about the challenges. Talk to them about how they could help. Well, you know, think, can, yeah. Track your retention on service centers close as heck because if you have a good service center strategy, which I think is critical to this volume play kind of stuff, your retention is going to be your indicator if it's if it's following through. And I've seen carriers change stuff around if if you have good data and good pointed conversations with them. Well, great. Well, hopefully you've gotten some ideas uh, around small commercial and uh, helping it be profitable for your organization. Uh, Ryan, it's been great to uh, to talk with you. And uh, hopefully those of you listening will be able to take this and uh, actually make some actionable steps. We'd encourage you to let us know uh, what you think, what steps you took, uh, what problems you're having with small commercial by going to uh, our new LinkedIn group, the Digital Broker Podcast Group on LinkedIn. Uh, the show will be here and in the comments. Uh, we'd love to have your feedback and questions and uh, other issues that we might be able to address that would help you in your organization to uh, really create operational excellence. That, that's what we're trying to strive for here. So thanks for listening, and we're glad you've been here. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.